Hey everybody, welcome to Beyond the Paranormal Podcast. I'm your host, John the Bod, aka the Bod Potter. And today we have an awesome guest back on the show. But before we get into that, I'll let I'm gonna let my into I'll let my co-ho or my hosts introduce their self and then we'll get into it. So ladies. Hey everybody. <laughs> this is I'm hey everybody. Great. I'm Brianna. See, that's how you do it, Cortina. Hey, everybody. Well, hey, this is Pretty Creep Show. Welcome to the podcast, folks. (laughs) Very good. And before we get into our... What? 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 I said A+. Mm -hmm. Before we get further into the podcast, please go out and subscribe to our Facebook page and to our YouTube link, please, folks. It's just Beyond the Paranormal Podcast. It's out on our page. It's very simple. Just click that's that's it i'll give instructions i'll do a, i'll do a how-to video too probably anyway technical support no not right now this is my, this, my, this is my sanctuary of, of, of whiteness from also place. we have mark tabata with us Secret, look what you did. We've already started off good. Fabulous. Got, we, we, Are you yeah. fresh or am I imagining? What? What? Do you have a fresh haircut? I do. I do. Ooh. Way to go, Walmart. For us, you didn't have to. <laughs> yeah, we have evangelist and author Mark Tabata here. So, man, I didn't know you had a book out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed. I've been very fortunate. You want to tell us a little bit about it? Um, Sure, sure. Um, First of all, thanks for having me on your show again, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no Um, problem. We're so glad you're here. Huh? We're so glad you're here. You were so fun last time. Well, thank you. I had a blast, too. Um, So uh, one of the uh, things I'm asking a lot about is the topic of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And... <clears throat> a few years ago, I sat down and wrote a book on the topic. <clears throat> Bless you. Thank you. That's this COVID cough. I've had, had COVID back in September. I can't shake the cough yet. But mm-hmm. um, we got the book published. Uh, then we found out a couple years later that um, uh, the funds from this company, they were embezzling all the author's funds. <gasps> so, yeah, it was quite the bummer. So I got the rights back to my book and I remade it, um, added like, I think, I don't know, 70,000 words or something like that and just completely redid it and just got it published again um, through uh, Brother in Christ and great guy. He's got a good company and um, he's actually getting ready to also publish my next book, um, Old Apologetics for a New Age, Volume 1, The Existence of God. So hopefully it's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Wow. Okay, wow. great. Thank you. I'm so where can it. you find, where can we find the book that you did on reincarnation? Like where is that for sale at? Well, you can get it on Amazon um, and you can also order it from, uh, well, Amazon, the, the Kindle version and the paperback. And you can also order it from 
um, his website, uh, www.codpublishing.com for the paperback. Really cool. I'm excited. I'm definitely going to get that. Thank how you. Did, how long did it take you to, uh, to write this book and complete it? A couple months. Just a couple wow, months. Wow, that's quick. Yeah. Well, I, I do a lot of writing um, for my ministry. And uh, operating some things, then do a lot of research, a lot of study. Mm -hmm. So, you don't have attention deficit like this gal. <laughs> I'm all over the place. It's like, I'm gonna all, sit there right. Well, here and, this and it would not turn out right, but you know, it, is <laughs> it kind of depends because, like, I have like five, six things going on at the same time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you just manage it well then. So you're managing your attention deficit better, it sounds like. It's a hoot. <laughs> Since everybody's messing with their hair, I guess I'll just mess with mine. And... That's what I mean. Like, I can't stand it. It's like I'm I can see my image in this thing, and I, this strand of hair will not, it's as stubborn as I am. No, leave it. Leave, cooperate. Leave it okay, because that's awesome. So we can be like misfits, guys. <laughs> hey, we're in good company. John, you need to get us some filters on this thing so we can, like, we don't have to put this makeup on at night. Like, we can just come in here, you know, rolling and ready to go, you know? Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll bring it up at the next meeting. You wait okay, bring it, bring, bring it up. Bring it up with the big wigs. Mark, get that done next time. You do it, Mark. You got it. It's in your ball court now. Gotcha. Earlier I did this, and it looked like I was flipping someone off because I wasn't. I, can't I wasn't flipping it off, just letting you know. I'm here on my phone and it's kind of weird. So for the ones who are tuning in uh, tonight to, to, to hear the podcast for the first time, who didn't get to see you the last time, let's, let's talk about this just a little bit, just a little bit of up, up to date. Uh, what got you into paranormal things like that? And plus th there's something that, um, because crit works in this line of work and i, I want to go down the other way about possibilities of you could be your you know i don't want to say worst enemy but you could be the one that's actually uh no activity you know what i'm saying uh mentally so uh yeah very true so i didn't mean to say that but that's just plain it's okay it. but uh yeah guess a little bit of background man how you got to the paranormal okay <clears throat> well um as a Christian and a gospel preacher, um, the paranormal and the supernatural just kind of goes along with that. Hand in hand. Yes. And that's sad because a lot of people today, a lot of Christians don't believe in the supernatural, mm -hmm. whereas the Bible is filled with it. Yeah. So if the Bible is a word of God, and if the Bible teaches a supernatural realm exists, it exists. The Bible is the Word of God, and it teaches that supernatural realm exists, therefore it exists. And just to give you an example, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there are over 111 references to demons. Mm -hmm. That right there is shocking. And um, when I moved to Hazard, I minister, I'm blessed to minister in the Hazard area. Um, I was shocked to discover, and it's only gotten more shocked over the years, how many people I'm blessed to work with are involved in things like uh, paganism, witchcraft, Satanism, um, and a lot of these people are also dealing with supernatural things in their lives. 
um, I've worked with several who have told me about uh, how they have had supernatural things happen, but they are afraid to talk about them with Christians <laughs> because they're afraid the Christians will just think they're crazy. And let me point out also, John, you had a good point there. Sometimes some of these things can be explained by medicinal or naturalistic explanations. And even the Bible makes that clear. The Bible talks about the fact that sometimes when Jesus healed people, he would heal them from things like epilepsy or physical problems, physical illnesses. And then as a separate category, he would deal with demons. Mm -hmm. So it's important to point out that not everything that is out of the ordinary has a supernatural cause. Yeah. At the same time, some things do. With um, like believers who, uh, even in my own personal experience, I've gotten, well, you're complaining about that because, and you're speaking in the, into being and you're, um, or that's happening because you're not praying enough. And I'm like, mm. that's okay. Clearly, if angels exist, demons exist. The presence of one does not denote the presence of the other. Do you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. that's something I understand that you would definitely, as a minister, have issues dealing with people, especially locally. Um, I get there's a lot of this mindset that that can't be supernatural, that can't be paranormal because I have Jesus in my heart. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's good. But that doesn't mean that that makes demons not exist anymore. That's true. That doesn't mean that they're just not going to be there. Yes. You know, so you can still be a warrior of God and still experience demonic activity or paranormal, whatever you want to call it. Um, that doesn't put you in a different world than the rest of humanity is in, unfortunately. So that right. Would you remember, say, go, go ahead, John. No, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Grady. No, you. Okay. So would you say the percentage of somebody having mental issues is about 80% of the problem possibly, or, or, or have you seen it to where that's not been the case and they've actually had, some real paranormal activity that you couldn't explain in my experience. And again, this is just my experience here right. locally. Right. Um, several of the people I've worked with who have been involved with the supernatural, they have sought out medicinal help only to discover that in several cases, there are no medicinal explanations. Mm -hmm. um, one, Several of the people I've worked with have been like uh, they they saw the doctor's explanation trying to find schizophrenia. Um, and again, schizophrenia is very real. But mm -hmm. in their cases, oh, yeah. most of the people, they weren't dealing with it. There was no diagnosable schizophrenia. And um, uh, let me also add this. Uh, Rihanna, you had you had a really, really good point with this. Um the fact of the matter is the entire New Testament is written to Christians. Mm -hmm. And in the New Testament, the Christians are the ones being warned about the spiritual war. Mm -hmm. So 
the fact I think the fact is, if the New Testament is the Word of God, and if the New Testament teaches that the spiritual war goes on, then it goes on. Mm-hmm. The problem is a lot of Christians have closed their eyes to it. They um, think that they sought and found God, and that they are saved and they are at peace with God. The war is over. They're done. Well, I'm safe. Nothing's bothering me now. Or I'll just speak the name of Jesus and it'll be gone. It's not that simple. It's not how it works. Right. No, it's not how it works. Even when Jesus said in Mark 9, 29, this kind of demon only goes out by prayer and fasting. The whole idea of prayer and fasting is this is going to be, it's going to take time. Mm-hmm. And in Ephesians 6 and verse 12, Paul said, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness, the heavenly places. The word wrestle is from a Greek word that had reference to mortal combat, mortal combatants, <laughs> mortal combat, finish him, who are involved nice. in mortal combat. And so what they would do is they would carefully watch each other and look for weaknesses. In fact, in our drug meeting the other day, uh, we started back our, our church substance abuse program here at Couchtown. We were talking about how in Ephesians 6 and verse 12 from that one Greek word, it tells us a whole lot about what um, Paul tells us the demons are doing right now. He said, if you really boil it down from that word, that you have observation, you have uh, exploitation, and you have devastation. Mm -hmm. That's really what they're doing. Paul says they are watching us, and they are looking for weaknesses to exploit to bring us down. And mm-hmm. so a lot of Christians are convinced that the spiritual war is over because Jesus died. And, hey, that's what gives us victory. But sometimes the enemy can be so entrenched in a person's life, it might take time to clean that out. Mm-hmm. And the again, for you working like <clears throat> with drug rehabilitation. You know, it's a perfect analogy for that. You know, like drug rehabilitation is going to take time. It's not something you're going to wake up tomorrow and it's like, I'm going to cold cold turkey this. You know, the same thing applies to, you know, spirituality. Yes, it does. And I'll tell you, it's interesting you mentioned that because just the other day, um, I stopped at a a drug rehab on my way home from another part of Kentucky. And I was visiting with a friend and we were talking about that very thing that a lot of Christians believe that, hey, if you get saved, you obey the gospel, you're baptized into Christ, your sins are forgiven, boom! Mm-hmm. You have no more struggle with drug addiction. That's not how it works. Mm-hmm. There is a psychological hold, there is a physical hold, and there can often be a spiritual, a demonic hold. Mm-hmm. And all three have got to be dealt with. And, you know, a lot of it... <laughs> If I, can I can I go off track here a little bit? Go Wait. bring it back. And, okay, so Finish. like a lot of it, it goes back to, well, why do you even believe in the Bible? Because a lot of people in our day and age they don't. Um, have you guys been watching this stuff that's going on with like Ukraine yep. and yeah. Russia? At start of World War Three. Yes, I'm and- afraid it will. And a lot of people don't realize like 
some of the things that are happening right now in our day and age. Speaks in the Bible. The Bible had prophesied every bit of it. And I'll give you an example, one that still blows me away. In the book of Ezekiel chapter 4, God told the prophet Ezekiel to do something really weird. Ezekiel was a prophet. The Jewish people had been taken into slavery by Babylon. And again, this has been confirmed not only in the Bible, but archaeologically as well. Well, God told Ezekiel to do something really weird. He said, I want you to go outside and lie on your side, your left side, for 390 days. What? So, okay. Well, then he said, I want you to lie on your other side for 40 days. So 390 plus 40 is 430, right? Okay. I'm okay. glad to take your word for it because math yeah, is I, not my thing. That's <laughs> not mine either. I, I, actually, I spent so much time memorizing this because I'm horrible at math. So <laughs> God told Ezekiel every day is going to represent one year of captivity for the Jewish people. Calculate that they're going to be in slavery for their sins. They were they were actually burning their children alive to these false gods and goddesses. God gave them time to repent. They wouldn't do it, so he brought them into captivity. Well, they were only in captivity in Babylon for 70 years. So 430 minus 70 brings us to 360. Now, Mark, the question I is, what happened to that other 360 years? Well, for a long time, I just thought maybe it was just conditional. It wasn't. The answer's found all the way back in one of the first books of the Bible, Leviticus. In Leviticus 26, God told the Jewish people if they ever went into captivity for their sins and still refused to repent, he would multiply their captivity by seven. Well, when God told the Jews in 536 B.C. to leave and go back to Israel, most of them wouldn't do it. They refused to repent. So you take that 360, and what did God say he would do? He'd multiply it by seven, right? 360 times seven is 2,520. When you add 2,520 biblical years of 360 days, mm -hmm. taking into account that there are leap years and no year zero, guess the exact date you come out to? May 14th, 1948. That's a 2022. <laughs> That's okay. Who knows? It can happen someday. But the, point, the thing is, do you know what happened on May 14th, I'm banning myself right now. I'm muting my own mic and just tell me. Ah, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> do you know what happened? Tell the us. The Jews, after 2,000 years of wandering in the world without a homeland, they were reestablished as a nation on May 14th, 1948. Just like Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The things are happening just like the Bible says. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the evidences we have that the Bible's the Word of God. The fact that all these prophecies, and not just modern, but hundreds of examples, mm -hmm. are being fulfilled. And this is what a lot of the ministry here in Hazard that I've been blessed to work with, a lot of people don't realize that there is so much proof mm -hmm. of Christianity. And this is what I believe a lot of the demons... And a lot of the people who follow the demons, they don't want people to know. People don't realize that there are people in our community who worship the devil. Mm -hmm. There are people who infiltrate churches. We dealt with the situation. Um, I baptized this witch in jail. I spent six hours studying with her, and she wanted to get baptized that day. <coughs> and the jail let me baptize her. Well, the next day, uh, I was bringing her a copy of the Bible 
and uh, my former book on reincarnation. And there was this guy getting out of jail. And he looked at me and he said, did you write this book? I said, why, yeah. And he said, hail to the highest Lord above. And that's a sign of a demon called Baphomet. And I said, no, Jesus is Lord. Hey, well, whatever. Well, we were going get, to get together for a Bible study the next day at KFC. Well, he got on my Facebook that night and started cussing people out. And I was like, dude, that's not, that's rude. Cuss him on your own page. So he cussed me out. So I hit the lock button. Well, not long after that, this other boy had baptized. He went up and stayed in a part of Hazard with a friend. And this Satanist boy went there and started cursing him with the Senate Bible. My friend said, you need to talk to Brother Mark. Mm-hmm. So this guy got on the cell phone of the guy whose house they were at, and he texted his coven. And he didn't know that I baptized the guy whose phone he was texting from. I baptized him on hospice. So the guy gave me all the text messages. He gave him my name, my phone number, my address. He said his church does food boxes. Use this and lure him out. And one of the boys said, well, what do you want done? What do you want us to do? And he said, and I quote, I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. The boy really needs a hug. But you see, there are people like that all around here who practice this stuff. I could tell you, I could tell you a story that would blow your mind. I'm afraid you think I'm crazy though. We don't. That's what we want to hear. No. Yeah. Are I mean, you that's sure? It's up to you. If you want to tell it, that's fine by us. You know, we don't. Okay. So. Well, hopefully, you know, by this point, I believe in the law of rationality. Uh, I only believe in those conclusions that can be warranted by the evidence. So in Acts 26, 25, that's why I try to speak. I try to speak words of truth and reason. So I dealt with the situation. I can't go into a lot of detail about it, even though the FBI has been informed. I dealt with the situation here in this area a few years ago. And um, it dealt with ritualism, satanic, satanic ritualism. And um, one night when everything was kind of coming to a head, we had some friends over at our house for a Bible study. And my friend walked in off the porch and he said, Brother Mark, does this happen all the time? I said, what you talking? And he said, well, come look. So I walked outside. It's about eight o'clock at night, nine, somewhere around there. There was a helicopter hovering over my house. That's never a good sign. That's never happened. never a good sign. So me being me, I walked outside and I went, well, <laughs> hey, guys, what's up? I'll give them a real easy target, right? So oh, they took off. So I thought, well, <coughs> they left. I thought, well, maybe they confused my house with the National Guard Armory. I don't know anyone could do that. I don't have a helipad in my yard, but I was like, okay. So that you think they know better in Kentucky than to show up in a helicopter in the middle of the night? I don't know. That's a real good way to get shot from the front. It is. Well, (laughs) here's the funny part about that. That night at midnight, guess what showed up at our house? Helicopter hovering over our house. It stayed there for like 10 minutes. Oh Me my and my God. wife, we grabbed our guns and we were like ready for anything. We mm-hmm. called my parents. We called her family. We told everyone goodbye. 
We didn't know what was going on. Well, it left. I picked up my phone to call my friends and tell them what had happened. They were calling me. They said, Brother Mark, you're not going to believe this. There's a helicopter over our house. Well, Whoa. guess what showed up at our church that Wednesday? Helicopter. About 15 minutes during Bible study right over our house. Black helicopter. Receptacon. We don't know what we got into, but these things are very real. Did it just disappear and never come back? Flew away. We haven't seen them since. It's, we've not had a helicopter over, over our house since that night. I hope they never do again. Did you did you report it? Just, um, just, oh, go ahead. Ritualistic people and been in contact with them, and they have threatened you, right? Yes. You said, did they, did they hear you right? That I've, I've that worked with. Okay. Yeah, I've worked with several in this area um, mm -hmm. who were involved in ritualistic uh, situations. And I meet a lot of them in jail ministry. Mm -hmm. And um, I haven't been in jail ministry since before the pandemic, but uh, we work with so many people who are involved in these religions. Many of them, they were raised in it. Um, there was, I remember one night, uh, we went, me and a friend from our old church, uh, we went to Huddle House. <laughs> Huddle House. Oh, they had the best MVP breakfast. It was so good. And, and um, gravy. Oh my gosh. Oh yes. The biscuits and gravy. And they had a really good BLT. The BLT was killer. Long but, um, sorry, I digress. So one night we were in there and, um, my friend, she, she was an elderly lady and our waitress came over and we started talking and I, you know, I invited her to church and she said, I don't do church, honey. And I said, Oh, okay. I said, why not? And she said, well, I'm a pagan. I worship the pagan trinity. And I said, oh, okay. I said, so do you, who's your primary goddess? The mother? And she said, no, the crone. And my friend bought, my friend, she went, the crone? <laughs> <laughs> well, we started talking. We came back the next night for a Bible study. It was like three in the morning. And <clears throat> because that's the shift she worked at the time. And we were sitting there having a Bible study and she took her break and came over and was telling us this is back in like 2006 or seven. This is a long time ago. So you can imagine how much it's escalated by this point. She was telling me about the fact that she is personally aware of four covens of witches who practice black magic in the hazard area. And there's, um, I think that she said seven male in each coven and six female. And, <coughs> and she was telling me about um, what they do and she told me she explained to me she said um, a lot of these people get involved with it in the school system wow. and I got confirmation at that jail a few years ago one day I was in jail preaching and I got a whole jail cell full of women who I was going over a PowerPoint lesson that had questions about the Bible and Satan and who he is and when they found out about how real these things are, a couple of the girls in the front started crying. And I was like, it's okay. It's going to be all right. What's wrong? And they told me, they said, just about everyone who's in our group here, there's about seven or eight women. She said, we're Satanists. I said, okay. And I was telling them about Jesus. And she said that they had joined in high school. They were told about a website 
um, and they got on this website and they went through a membership thing and they became official members of the Church of Satan. And it goes hand in hand with the vampire cult in this town. Are y'all aware that there is what? a vampire cult? A vampire in cult? Now I know yeah. a few years back there was that that couple, that teenage couple who didn't they murder a family or their families or something? It was all on the news and yeah. I don't know if yeah. it was in Kentucky, was it West Virginia? Somewhere here in the South. Like, I don't uh, remember. Yeah, there was a but vampire I, couple. You do you remember it, John? Yes, I do, and I'm not going to say it on here because it's very, 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 very close. Up to okay. I'll tell you all after okay. the podcast. I feel you, bro. Okay. That's that's one of the reasons why I'm careful with the things I say on this because, um, there there's so much that goes on hazard and in the Eastern Kentucky, wow. and so much of it is involved with these paganistic things. Um, just re so a few years ago. I was introduced to this vampire cult in Hazard, and I was working with um, some of the people who were involved in it, and I just recently worked with another another guy who, he's, he's a friend of mine, and we were talking about these things, and he knows a woman who lives well, just in the area, and she's highly involved in it. And so how a does lot it of it work? Like, how does a vampire cult work? Like, are they drinking blood? Like, what's happening? Well, that's a good question. A lot of it involves ritualistic bloodletting yeah. and blood drinking. Yes, sir. And it also involves some other things, sexual things. Okay. And um, it goes back to Lilith. There's mm -hmm. a lot of confusion about who Lilith is. Um. A lot of people believe that Lilith was Adam's first wife, and that uh, the the traditional the traditional view that the lore says this: when God made Adam, He made a wife for him named Lilith. Mm -hmm. And the common the, the commonly known view, but it's not accurate. I'll tell you why in a second. But um, the commonly held view is that Lilith was too sexually empowered and so god granted adam a divorce so she went and had relations with the devil hmm. and the devil made her the first vampire that's actually the traditional view of where vampirism comes from in the hebrew religion um now here's the thing the bible actually mentions lilith in isaiah 34 verse 14 it's translated in the New King James as screech owl. When you go back and study, you find out that it had reference to a specific type of demon. It's found in the Urogatic text, and it's found in the writings of the ancient Mesopotamians, and it was a specific type of demon. Now, Isaiah was written in 700 BC. We actually know this also from the Dead Sea Scrolls. We have the Dead Sea Scrolls that date back to about the third century BC. So the thing is, the story of Lilith being Adam's first wife, that was not invented until about the sixth or seventh century AD. And the actually the, the story, when you go back and study the origins, you find out it was actually made as a joke. But a lot of people just know that part about. I know so many, um, like a lot of fictional writing, um, a lot of lore 
um, surrounding Lilith. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard so many different aspects of it that she was Nephilim or mm-hmm. um, let's see that she was actually God's sister, that she was the same type of being as God. Mm-hmm. I've heard um, that she was the leader of or the female leader of like when Lucifer was um, one of the fallen and that the fallen like part of their curse was actually vampirism that because they had no more of God's light or their life force in them anymore because they had been fallen that their curse would be to take it from the humans by drinking their blood and blah, blah, blah. So, wow. Yeah. So many different versions of, there's there's so many crazy things that i've even watched several documentaries on vampires i'm just fascinated by them i mean it's just plain Mm -hmm. simple i don't care me too Um, oh my gosh there's a documentary that's out on discovery channel right now it's called the modern vampire hunters or something whoa (laughs) i was like i'll check that out it's 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 a lot (laughs) but uh this one of the guys who drinks blood he has several people that he drinks blood from and i was like no but that's cool i was watching a documentary and the guy actually drank the other person's blood he's like i've got three other people that allow me mm-hmm. to do this and he's like i rotate so many times it's not like an everyday thing it's like once a couple months or something like that maybe right but, but still i mean well there's 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 so much. I mean, there's a guy named William Schnobelin. I think it's how you say his last name. Um, he was a Satanist. He was high up in the lodge, and he was uh, ordained in the Catholic Church as a priest. And in his book, um, what is it, Tabata? Uh, Romancing Death, he talks about his life as a vampire. And some of the stuff... Now, I know that in this area, the people I've worked with, um, they've told me about how it's connected to Lilith. And it is, uh, that's practiced, I don't know how often with some of them. Some of them I met, they practice once a month. And the big time, I was told the big time when they have their big ceremonies, black gold. Wow. That's what I've been told by the people who are involved in it. And this dates back to the 90s, at least, because I've worked with people who were involved in it from the 90s and all the way down. There's probably been about six or seven people I've worked with who were involved in this. And it's growing. It's a growing, it's a growing, growing phenomenon. And I think it goes to show, among other things, the the void that people have in their hearts, they know that there's something supernatural. They know it. We've been bred on naturalism, good grief, Darwinian evolution. I mean, there's so much like, with if you think about, I was talking to someone the other day, uh, we were talking about, uh, have you ever heard of panspermia? No. Panspermia is the belief that life on earth originated from another civilization. And it's kind of like the Moonfall. If you guys have Alien. seen the Moonfall movie, it's actually a good movie. Alien. It's a really good movie. But I like him better in Conjuring and Insidious. But um, the idea is, or the the, the, uh, the Prometheus movie, 
the aliens, Sigourney Weaver, the Prometheus movie, remember? And they were like, life was seated here on earth by aliens. Well, I remember one day I was in jail ministry and we were discussing this and there was this boy came out i always put the disclaimer in because I, I get looks like but like we we got a i got a whole cell full of atheists and this boy this boy he says uh, i asked him i said like what are you and they said well we're atheists said, we'll start there this boy says well i have such and such a degree from this big university anything you say to try to prove there's a god i'll shoot it down I said, you'll have your chance. That's fine. So I got up and I went over what's called the cosmological argument. Basically, it goes, um, if there was ever a time and there was absolutely nothing, there'd be nothing now because nothing cannot produce something. But something does exist. That is, we exist. Therefore, something has always existed. But we know from science and mathematics, the universe has not always existed Therefore, something beyond the universe has always existed. Well, I went over some of the philosophical, mathematical, and scientific proofs of this, and I hand about 15 minutes, and I took the marker. They used to have a blackboard or a whiteboard in jail, and I handed it to that boy from the university, and I said, your turn. He said, brother, I can't touch that. Mm -hmm. I said, okay. He said, but I'll tell you this. God's an alien. And I said, Okay. I said, let's say for the sake of argument, aliens exist. I said, where'd they come from? Right. You got to get back somewhere to the eternal being. So even if panspermia is true, you got to get back. That just pushes it back another level. You got to get back to the eternal being. And we were talking about the odds of life evolving by chance. You know, Darwinian evolution says that's how it happened. The law of biogenesis states Life only comes from pre-existing life and that of its own kind. We know that. But we were mm -hmm. talking about the mathematical odds of life evolving by chances. Let me give you a, a perfect example. Uh, did I tell you guys last week or last time about um, the universes with the marbles? I can't remember. Or the golf balls? I don't know. So, okay. I, I'm sorry. My mind just comes and goes. So two, two scientists, Joe White with Nicholas Kamalaeus, they wrote this book entitled Darwin's Demise why evolution can't take the heat. They did the math work on a single strand of DNA evolving by chance. Here are the odds of that happening. You take a golf ball. You ever play golf? Yeah. Yes! Okay. Like, I've only played the Wii and Putt-Putt, but I love the Wii. No, I love Smash Brothers better. I golf but... with my cousin, and we just hit the balls, and we just let them go. That's awesome, dude! <laughs> did you ever see the show Lost? That's what I'd do. Or Stargate, <laughs> where they like hit the ball into the Stargate into some other world. That's got to be a record, right? But like they were talking they about they how. They a note back that says, we don't want your balls. We don't want your garbage. Would that be funny? That should have happened. That would have been the perfect teaser for that show. I loved it. I don't know why people don't like Stargate. I thought it was a great show. I loved it. it and I loved that they got to the aura. That got a little bit weird. But anyway, if you were to take a golf ball, and put a dot on it, and then fill a billion-sized universe. Think about that number. The universe, the totality of everything we know, times a billion. Fill all that with golf balls, and drop that one marked golf ball in that mess, and like shuffle it around or whatever. If a blindfolded baby <coughs> found that marked golf ball on his first attempt looking for it, you would have the same odds as a single strain of DNA evolving by chance. That's like you literally water. have a better chance of jumping from the earth to the moon. <laughs> That's like, 
What's up playing the lottery, man? I, I could go in and get a ticket and lose and somebody right behind me. Oh, me in there. Yes. That's a perfect example. It's, my it's crazy. And I mean, when you look at the actual odds of it happening, and yet we're told in school that's how it happened. I told someone the other day, we were talking they were talking about how bad society's gotten and how everything's horrible. And I said, Look, if you raise kids to believe that they are slime that evolved into apes, don't be surprised if they start behaving and living like apes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's <laughs> that's kind of where we're at in our country. And I think it's one of the reasons why. But in this area, there's also the fact that there's a lot of people who worship the pagan gods and goddesses. Mm -hmm. um, I've worked with several Odinists. And interestingly enough, there are connections between Odinism and some of these other religions and the UFO movement. There are similarities. That, that, you know, that, that even goes into, isn't it, is it Stargate where they had Thor and aliens yes. were named after as guardians? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I loved it. I love I love that TV show. Well, um, good. I don't know why people didn't like I thought it was a great show. I thought it was action. I thought it was hysterical. I mean, and you then, just kept waiting for Jack O'Neill and Major Carter to get married or something. I know. And then we had Stargate Atlantis. And then we get Jason yes. Momoa. So it was perfect. Yes, it was. I loved that. Atlantis, too. It's like Christine, she's getting a wild up over. Look at her. <laughs> if it hadn't been for that, we would not have Jason Momoa. So... Oh, that's that guy Target. who's oh oh Aquaman. Is that who that Aquaman, is? Aquaman, yeah. Oh yeah. Beaver Creek guys, what I call him. Look at Beaver Creek. And all the <laughs> you know, it's have you heard of WikiLeaks? Have you heard about this? How this connects to it? Do you know what WikiLeaks is? Yes. Okay. So back in 2014, everyone was so focused on Hillary and Donald that no one knew what was being reported by WikiLeaks regarding the UFOs. So one of the batches of emails that WikiLeaks deciphered was from John Podesta and involving this guy named Edgar Mitchell. Edgar Mitchell was an Apollo 14 astronaut. And after he did his, I don't know, whatever, his moonwalk or whatever, supposedly, after he did all that, so he came back to Earth and started a huge business designed to create things like zero-point energy modulation. Well, apparently his firm was contacting John Podesta. You know who John Podesta is? He was one of the government's bigwigs, and he's, a, he's been a huge supporter of disclosure. It's going to happen. I mean, I... <laughs> It's going to happen, but it's they've not what we're going to be told. They've teased, huh? it a couple of, they've teased it a couple of times. Like, they, they, have. Certain things. they did. NASA, last year, I was so mad. But I mean, and of course, yeah. what they do, they got their money and backed off. Yeah. That's what they do. So John Podesta's firm was again contacted by Edgar Mitchell's people. And here's what they were saying. We have been in contact with alien beings who are from a contiguous universe. They're not from another planet. They're from some kind of parallel universe or alternate dimension, maybe. And they are saying that they are at war with what they called celestials in our universe. Okay, so and let me ask you this. I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you there, but... It's okay. 
what about like Skinwalker Ranch? Because I've done a lot of research on that place. And I believe that that is the gateway of, you know, aliens and just all the Native American stuff that actually, I think that's what actually got all this stuff started. Yes. And I don't know if if it got started, but I think it's definitely in there with like mm -hmm. a big chain in the link. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Um, Definitely. The 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 skin the, the Skinwalker Ranch and especially the um who was that was watching um there is a documentary uh by, put out by um I can't remember who Tom Horn and someone else uh, it's called On the Trail of the Nephilim hmm. and they talk about one of the things they talk about is the way that people in the um. Can I ask a question? What is a Nephilim? I have no idea. That's a good question. That's a good question. So in Genesis chapter 6, the Bible tells us about a time when some of the fallen angels Mm -hmm. came down to earth and had children with humans. And the Mm -hmm. Bible says there in Genesis 6, verses 2 and 4, that they were giants. The Hebrew word translated there as giants is the Hebrew word Nephilim. Mm-hmm. So the Nephilim were the half-angel, half-human beings mm-hmm. who then began to enslave humanity. And they got so bad that God had with the flood. And in fact, that's that's mm-hmm. what Genesis 6, 1 to 4 says, was the catalyst that led to the flood. He'd been patient with humanity, okay. giving people and time to repent, not, and they wouldn't do it. We don't get um, access to in the King James Version. It, quote for quote, Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, this what is it? The sons of sons of God. Yes, mm-hmm. came unto mm-hmm. the daughters yeah, of men. Daughters of men. Thank you. That's so, right. I mean, huh? If you wow. look at that literally, mm-hmm. that, and the Nephilim would be the procreation from that. Yes. I'm, yes. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. Yes. Rihanna, let awesome. me also say your nails look awesome. Girl, thanks. <laughs> so is that uh, Jeep or Sanatorium behind you? This is Jeepers. That's awesome. I was telling them about how I saw Dave, I saw your all's Facebook post about you driving Dave's five speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not good. I love that I boy. He cracks me up. He's, yeah, me. He is. I never may want the sense of humor like him. He is. He is such a trip. But I'll tell you what's interesting too with this. Um, <coughs> there were Indians in this this documentary. Um, there were there were Indians. I'm trying to remember where they were. I've got it here at the building, and I haven't seen it for so long. Um, there was an entire tribe of uh, Native Americans that disappeared, and um, their their descendants were talking about how supposedly they um, they were like uh, being picked off by animals and predators over like years of time, but according to their history, they were killed by giants. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, okay. according to their interviews with these people, and this this was this part was documented. They were there were special places where there were portals. Like kind of like you were talking about, John, there were portals where they were able to be in touch with these spiritual beings from another dimension or something. And they actually warned them about 9-11 before it happened. 
And so they were able to get their people out, a lot of their people of New York, before 9-11 occurred. But like, um, it goes back again to, with the Nephilim, according to some of these ancient Jewish books, like the Book of Jasher, the Book of Jubilees, one of the things that they were doing was they were conducting genetic experiments and they were actually trying to cross species of different groups. And it's probably like where the legends of Pegasus and the mermaids come from. And I believe in mermaids. Mm-hmm. Um, Pegasus I'm not so sure about. But mermaids, I believe in them. And um, it's untelling what all mm-hmm. they did. We're even told about how the Nephilim came back. One of Noah's great-grandsons, he found a laboratory where mm-hmm. the watchers were conducting their experiments. And using that. Origin of the lore about like alchemists, mm-hmm. like they originally were turning, attempting to turn like water into gold because they were so mm-hmm. um, poor and yes. at that t- in those times, and you know just isolated from everything. And I think a lot of modern day alchemists and alchemy came from those very same experiments that you're talking about. Yes. Um, yeah, go ahead. There was something else. I was say, but I already lost it. So if, if it comes back, share it. Okay. Oh, there you are still to this day digging up and finding even so much recently. They're finding the bones of these Nephilim throughout the they world. Are. They are. And I, I had this woman get on it's my Facebook. Irrefu- you know, huh? it's not, it's not uh, fiction. I mean, this hmm. stuff is real. So. It is. And it's amazing, too, because the ways the Bible is being confirmed through archaeology like that. And mm-hmm. um, there was this uh, there was this woman um, got on my Web page a couple of days ago and she was so mad because I was sharing evidences of how archaeology confirms the Bible. And mm-hmm. she just said, you Christians all lie, blah, blah, blah. And I said, OK, here's the proof. And yeah. I, I posted a bunch of proof. And one of the things I posted was about the Nephilim. And she got so mad. And I said, are you aware that even the Smithsonian has documented examples of giant skulls, bones, and weapons from the mm-hmm. 1800s that were uncovered? Mm-hmm. The proof's there. And yeah. the problem with her was she didn't want to see it. But, like, the proof is definitely there. And the, the scary thing is, too, Rihanna, this is something important, too. In Isaiah 13 and verse 3, the Bible says that before the second coming, sometime before, I don't know when I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but we're told that the Nephilim are coming back. Mm. And I find that interesting because when you go back and read in the writings of the Anunnaki, you find out that they describe the descendants of the Nephilim. The Nephilim actually reproduced before they were wiped out in the flood. And we're told that um, one of the things they did was uh, they described the Nephilim uh, their descendants as serpent-like, gray-skinned, black eyes. Mm-hmm. And so you know the, what that sounds like? Sounds and, like the grays. Oh, my gosh. Yes, exactly. The grays. Gary Wayne documents all this in his book, The Genesis Conspiracy. And I'll tell you what else is creepy. The book of Ezekiel talks about how there were pagans back in Ezekiel's day who were using witchcraft to do things with bringing forth spirits of the Nephilim. And I'll tell you what gives me the creeps about this. So. Can't hear you, Mark. 
We lost your sound, Mark. Sorry. It all goes back. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Yep. Okay. It all goes back to something called soul swapping. So mm -hmm. there was a boy out. There was there was a there was a guy I worked with here in town, in this area. He contacted me and he said, um, "Will you talk to a friend of mine? I'm worried about him." I said, "Sure." So we started talking, and this guy eventually. This is like over months of time. He tells me that he is a Satanist, and he works with a group between Hazard and Jackson. And we come to find out from another source that there's a group actually called the Hunters. They gave themselves that name because it's their job, they say, to infiltrate churches and hunt them. And so this guy and I are talking, and he tells me about how he's a Satanist. He has all these powers, holy sweat, and all kinds of stuff. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And he's in the medical field. Oh, well, wow. he tells me one day, they want him to help do a spell on a kid because they say the kid has a demonic spirit in him and he's afraid they're going to leave it as a vegetable. And I said, dude, I'll go to the cops right now. If you're going to talk about hurting a kid, I'm not going to stand for it. No. Well, he starts backing off, tells me he's made up all this stuff over the last year and a half. And I'm like, uh-huh. So I was like, whatever, just get your butt in church. Well, a couple months later, I have a friend who was talking to a friend of his on Facebook come to find out that she is involved in witchcraft and um, some other stuff, and she wants out of it. And she said, he says, you need to talk to my friend. And she says, you mean Mark Tabata? She says, we know about him and his church. We've been trying to destroy them for the last three years. And she said, he even talked one of our members out of performing a ceremony on a kid and she gave she gave him the guy's name i hadn't told anyone about any of that and so come to realize it's not some weird thing it was actually something real that was happening it's the same thing was happening there in ezekiel chapter 13 and 14 i can't remember which chapter it was and the the prophetesses the false prophetesses they were trying to steal the souls and replace them with spirits from the nephilim so that stuff goes on so much. And it's like, I've had people tell me none of it's real. I had a guy, I had a guy who worked at the jail. He told me, he said, none of this is real. I'm like, dude, half the when people are, are in jail telling me. Fighting it literally every day. You know yeah. that it's And they're telling me it's not real. It is a hundred percent real. And the guy, I, the guy that um, there was, there was, there's a person contacted us not long ago. She said that that guy. Um, she just randomly asked. She said, "Do you know this guy?" And I said, "Yeah." And she said, "He's threatening to kill my son as a sacrifice to the devil." Oh my God! She said, "What do I do?" I said, "Call the cops." Yeah. Exactly she said, right. "The cops won't do anything." She, she tried. And so she said, what do I do? So we tried to help her get some new door locks for her house and trying to offer support as best we can. And, you security know, it's like camera, security. Yeah. Like motion sensor, something like that. At least to mm -hmm. flip the lights on. Sometimes that's a good deterrent. Yes, uh, it is. Because we dealt like, with that with folks. It's like yeah. the Satanist too. 
I invited, I invited them when they threatened to kill me and my wife and burn her house down. I was like, I put it on Facebook. I didn't mention the names, but I said, you know what? I got these messages and I'm going to, I'm going to be willing to sit down and talk with you. I said, I will show you how I know there's one God, how I, one true God, how I know that Jesus Christ is his son and the Bible is his word and that these beings are lying to you. There was a guy I worked with in jail. He's, Sicked his 15 demons on me. Did, did I tell you that story? Do you want to hear it? Sure. Okay. 15 demons? My gosh, he's overkill. Well, <laughs> overkill. Well, one day I was in jail ministry, and the jail used to let me come in um, on Sundays between 3 and 11. It was really nice of them. And um, I was getting ready to leave one night, and I had one last cell. It was the boys in what's called the hoe. So... These four guys come in, and um, every time they'd come in, I'd I'd shake their hand, tell them who I am, <coughs> you know, all that good stuff. Well, this boy came in, and he wouldn't shake my hand. So I was like, whatever. So they sit down, and I said, what would you guys like to study about tonight? Is there anything you have questions about before we get into my spiel? And they said, two of the guys said, can you teach us about demons? I said, why, Yeah. I said, we'll study about that and how you can have victory through Christ over them. Well, that boy jumped up and ran to the other side of the cell. And I thought, that's odd. So I walked over to him and patted him on the shoulder. And I said, bruh, we're not here to hurt you. We love you. And so does Jesus. Well, he ran to the intercom, started pounding the button. Let me out of here. So I was like, okay. Wow. So they got him. So I was like, well, what's going on? Well, they told me. He is a Satanist. He's back in his cell, and he's trying to convert people to Satanism. I was like, okay, well, you know, it's, that sucks, but okay. So the next week I was in there, and it was the week that that guy went to the hospital and escaped from the hospital. Remember? I remember a few years that. ago. Remember that? Well, they got put on lockdown. Funny story. Me and David actually saw him beside the road and tried to stop the cops and tell them where he was because I watched him jump the ditch by the hospital and we turned around and back to where a cop was sitting waiting to see him. And we were like waving at the window trying to get him to the cop to roll his window down. And the cop just pulled out like he didn't see us. And I was like, <laughs> That's funny. That's anyway. funny. But like, I got put on lockdown with them and they wouldn't bring me anyone to talk to, which for me, that's like torture. So, <laughs> so I'm walking around and I see that boy, he's strapped down in this uh, chair. They have a chair. They put inmates in sometimes if they're dangerous. And he was, he was partially strapped in. So I walked over to the deputy in charge and I said, can I talk to him? He said, knock yourself out. So I walk over <laughs> And I start talking to this boy, and immediately he starts manifesting these different personalities. So at one point, he sticks his hand on my head. I'm sorry, did you ever see the movie Fletch Lives? Yeah. yeah. That was like that the movie. Remember, he was the faith healer, and he went, <laughs> and like that too. And he was like, he yeah. did that, and he started speaking in tongues. Not the Bible gift of tongues, where you speak another language you haven't studied. He started speaking the gibberish, just like that's practiced in these charismatic churches today. 
And I said, dog, what are you doing? Dog? Whoa. Yeah. Mark is in here. Wow. D-A-W-G. <laughs> I no. said, dog, what are you doing? And he no. said, I'm calling on my 15 demons to come, come kill you because no. I don't want to hear that name anymore. Jesus. And something really creepy happened. It might have been a coincidence. In the jail cell beside of us, there was a big pipe, a water pipe. And what happened was he said that to me. And I told him, I said, bring them. I'll send them back to hell where they came from. Well, might have been a coincidence. That water pipe burst. No, that's and, not a no, that's not a coincidence, man. That's like that's like meant to be. That's that was you know what I mean? That's it was. That's when you start blessing that water and you're like, all right, you just changed the ammunition. Let's do it. Yeah. As, 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 Rihanna, as Rihanna says, bro, let's go. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> bro, let's go. <laughs> I'll tell you a story. Bro. You want to hear one that's funny? My wife bro. about killed me. If I go too long, tell me. I don't know how long to go. You're fine. You're fine. Okay. I don't want to bore you. So, so. <laughs> We had a situation happen. I don't want to say anything inappropriate. Um, we had a situation happen where um, there were some, mm, some bros, some dogs. Maybe I shouldn't say this. No, some chicks. Um, I'm sorry, gals. Um, chicks. It's fine. Yeah, I'm from West Virginia. So there was a situation, um, ladies, where some ladies. Hey, there you go, ladies. ladies there were some ladies. ladies. Right, that movie White Chicks. There were some ladies um, who were being hurt by a spirit. Hmm. Okay. In a local place here. Mm -hmm. The local place called me and asked me to come help. Um, I went in and talked with all the ladies. They were petrified. They were pet. They were terrified. Mm -hmm. One of them just burst into tears when she started telling me about what had happened. So I told them, I said, okay. Uh, I said, guys, I'll go deal with this. And they said, you can't. You're not allowed to go back there because you're a man. I was like, What'd you call me for? But I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did the next best thing. Just scream at him. Are you okay? <laughs> nope. Not I called much. my wife. <laughs> bring it in the backup. Gotcha. Yes, bring it in the heavy guns. No, so, bring in the, yeah, bring in the big artillery right there. It's what <laughs> Yes. So I called my wife and I told her what happened. Gee, I bro. There was dead silence. Oh, and wow. then finally she said, Okay, so That's she comes not the down. Call you want to get from your husband? Hey, honey, <laughs> you might to come help me with like an exorcism or <laughs> something. <laughs> <It's> date night. <laughs> hey, I warned her when we got married. I told her. I said, "My life is bizarre, honey." She didn't realize how bizarre. But she went back. She came in. She gave me the look. Oh no! Oh, you know, oh, no, you got the look. I got the look. Oh, and then no. she went back there. One of the women said, I don't know who you are, but I effing hate you. And I want wow. you dead. 
And Heather just patted her on the shoulder and said, that's okay, honey. That's not you talking. And she prayed. She, she came out. She gave me the look again. We left. Heather told me, she said, babe, we did some spiritual war back there. Mm, and okay. I said, I'm not surprised, honey. I said, I brought in the heavy guns with you. But like that stuff is real. And here's, here's the thing. It keeps coming back to, I, I want to emphasize this no matter what. There's a reason why they hate Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why. There's a reason why that that poor boy, he couldn't stand the name Jesus. There's a reason why so many people who are abducted by aliens, there's a reason why the aliens throw off on Jesus Christ. There's a reason why people in this community that we work with who are in bondage to these religions, there's a reason why they hate Jesus. It's because... He's the one who has the power to save them. And I just want to say to anyone like who might be listening to any of this, if you're a Satanist, if you've been involved in any of these religions, they're going to tell you that God can't love you. They're going to tell you that God couldn't forgive you. He does love you. He does want to forgive you. He wants to save you. That's what Jesus died for. And that's why they want to keep you from that message. The cross can still set people free. And so... um, let me just encourage you, reach out, reach out to us. We'll do what we can to help if you have need. Let me ask and, you this, man, because mm-hmm. this has really got my attention about this. Because when you go into these locations, whether it be home, wherever, do you notice like the atmosphere is real heavy? Do you notice it's a different feeling? Like you get a sickening feeling like you're about ready to throw up or any like, you know, how, you know how you get the classic smell, like a rotten egg smell or sulfur or something yes. like that. Do you, have you ever experienced that before? Or is that just all mythical? It's not mythical. I've not experienced the, like feeling like you're going to throw up. Um, I'll tell you what I have experienced in a couple of the, there was a family I worked with. Um, there was a family I worked with. There was a young lady um, who was involved with a practicing Satanist. And they broke up. There were things happening in her apartment. Mm. And. Ouija board, guarantee it. Pardon me. Yeah, there was all kinds of things happening. And so she asked me if I would come in and I went in and one of the things I'll do is I will anoint the home. Um, with oil, the sign of the cross. And it's not like it's that's made specifically for casting out demons. The idea of a dedicating a home is literally that you're dedicating it to God. Mm-hmm. And so if you're really dedicating your house to God, then the other forces, they are supposed to be, there is a barrier put in place, can be put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you a story about that in a second, too, if you want to hear it. Well, um, I was going through her home. She recommitted her life to Christ. And I was going through her home. I went up to um, I, I went to her restroom, which is where a lot of the ceremonies were being practiced. Mm-hmm. And just as I was getting ready to draw the sign of the cross on the door, Something growled in my right ear. 
Mm. And it was very discernible. Mm -hmm. There was another situation I dealt with, um, with a, a family who had some things going on in their home. And, um, I went up to him and talked with him and I told him, I said, you know, Jesus teaches us that we can cast out demons and whatnot when we are followers of Christ. But when an unclean spirit departs, if the person does not repent, the wicked spirit will return and bring mm -hmm. seven spirits more wicked within itself along with it. I said, so you understand this isn't a game. No, this is real. Exactly. And if they don't make the commitment to Christ, it's going to come back worse, a lot worse. And so they told me, they said, we're going to, we want to commit to Christ. I said, okay. So I went in the home and the first thing that happened was they have, they have a, a they have a place where they lived where you open, they had a deadbolt and mm -hmm. I opened the door. I was inside. They were all sitting on the sofa and I was standing right there. And well, let, let me just illustrate it here. Let me illustrate it. So, okay. Oh. Can I switch cameras here? Hang on. Sure. Is there a way to? Let's see. I have no idea. Okay, it's okay. I'll, I'll do it like this. So, there should be a way to. I'm That's looking. Okay. That's okay. So I'm here at our church annex building. So we have our door here, and I open the deadbolt. Open the door like this. <laughs> <laughs> they're all standing around. They're all sitting around on sofas. Okay. I'm standing here. I make the sign of the cross on the door and I go to close the door. But guess what? When I went to close the door, the deadbolt had been reengaged. And so I was like, and then I was like, what the heck? So I closed it again. Well, later that night, they called me. They were all freaking out because um, several of the crosses in the house had all turned black. Oh, wow. And, yeah, they didn't know what was going Hi. on. Hey, again. So, so then, um, I'll tell you <laughs> this. There is animal sacrifice that goes on around this town. Um, That's everywhere. Yeah. It uh -huh. is. There was a boy I worked with. Uh, he, it, this was in Leslie County. Um, he was, there were, there was a boy I worked with. Um, he went out uh, this holler in Leslie County, not far from Hazard. And he saw um, stakes pounded into the ground in a circle. And on top, every one of the stakes was a cat's head. Oh, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Come on. That's... It's awful. Yeah, it and is. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you this. And I, 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 I'm not, I, I, the FBI has been told, but I mean, maybe I shouldn't say about this. Um, you don't have to. Yeah, I probably should mention this. At least not on not on this. Chapter but like, I'll tell you about it after if you guys want to hear about it. Yeah, it's fine. Totally. Um, but let me. I'm probably going to have to head home here soon. But um, it's about nine. I, we'll wrap huh? up. 
Want any last things to? Yeah, to- we'll wrap up and we can talk with you for a little bit, folks. We want okay. to thank our guest Mark Tabata for being on Beyond the Paranormal podcast, and I definitely want to thank everybody who came in. And uh, Seth, I'm going to ask your question to uh, Mark tonight, and uh, well, I'll get back to you on that because yeah, I, I do have the same thing about uh, the, the Antichrist from the East because that's I, I even thought about that when all this was happening. Mm-hmm. That's even quoted in the Bible. I don't care which Bible you have; it, it's in there. Uh, it is very, very scary and scary times that we're living in right now. I'll tell you this: be, you'll be shocked. Um, I don't know what the question is, but if it's about Antichrist, um, I'll sh- never mind. I'll, 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 I'll it'll get crazy, huh? The question: Does he think Putin is the Antichrist? Yeah. Okay, can I answer that? May I answer that? Yeah. Okay. First of all, um, that's a good. Thank you for asking that. It's a good question. Um, it's important to realize that almost every New Testament passage that talks about Antichrist, most of the, almost every one of them, except for one New Testament passages, refers to Antichrist plural, and as existing in the first century. You can you can see that in First John two eighteen, First John two twenty two. 1 John 4, 3, and 2 John 1 and verse 7. Now, with that being said, in 1 John 2 and verse 18, John says, My little children, you have heard this last hour, and I can't quote everybody in here. I can't remember, and I can't use my phone here. But um, he says, uh, As you have heard that Antichrist is coming, even now there are many Antichrists. And first of all, John says there are antichrists back then, plural, living. But mm-hmm. then he does make reference to specifically to the antichrist that's coming. So in several Old Testament passages, there are references like in Ezekiel 38 to Magog, which when you go back and study the Book of Jubilees, the Book of Jasher, and the writings of Josephus, it's a reference most likely, at least in most, most mostly, to Russia, modern-day Russia, what we call. Um, and then, here's the, here's the clincher. In Daniel 11, 34-12-13, the prophet Daniel describes a time that he calls the time of the end. Now, the Old Testament's written in Hebrew. It was translated into Greek in about 250 B.C., a translation called the Septuagint. Now, most often in the New Testament, when Christ and the apostles quote from the Old Testament, They're not quoting from the Hebrew. They're quoting from the Greek translation, the Septuagint. That's why a lot of times, if you read the New Testament, a quote from the Old Testament, you go and look it up, it doesn't read exactly the same. Well, there's a reason why. It's because our English translations are based on the Hebrew Old Testament, not on the Greek translation. Mm -hmm. Well, in 250 BC, the translators of the Septuagint found this phrase in Daniel 11, 34 to 12, 13, the time of the end. Well, they translated that with the Greek word suntalia. Now, here's the thing. In Matthew 13, 39 and 40, um, and uh, Matthew 24, 3, and Matthew 28, 20, Jesus quotes that word suntalia. And he refers it to the end of the age, that is, the end of the world. So I believe, based on that, that the events of Daniel 11, 34 through 12, 13 talk about the end of time. Now, here's what's interesting. 
Daniel talks about a wicked king who will come to power, who will speak out against the God of heaven, and who will persecute the people of God, the Christians. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about, is persecution of the Christians. Now, one of the things that happens, he says, is that there will be a time when there will be a third Jewish temple because someone takes away the sacrifices from this Jewish temple. Now, the first temple got destroyed by Babylon in 586 BC. When the Jews went back from their captivity, they rebuilt the temple in 520 BC. <laughs> but that temple was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD after they killed Christ, after the Jews killed Christ. So for a long time people thought, well, there can't be a third Jewish temple. Guess what? There are plans underway for a third Jewish temple. And according to Netanyahu and the, the reconstituted Jewish Sanhedrin, guess who is going to build it? Donald Trump. And they're so convinced of this that they have minted a coin showing Donald Trump on one side and Cyrus the Great on the other. Cyrus was the Persian king who allowed the Jews to go back to rebuild the temple in 536 BC. And so for a long time, people, including myself, I didn't believe there was going to be a third Jewish temple. But now it's happening. Mm -hmm. And so what that means about the identity of Antichrist, I don't know. Um, not for sure. But I do know this. One thing that concerns me greatly, in all my time living in this world, I'm 43 years old now, I've never seen a president tweet that he is as loved as the second coming of God and should be welcomed as the rightful king of Israel. Mm. That scares me. That scares yeah. me. Yeah, we're going to end it on that one. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if I should mention all that. but Yeah, no, I agree. It's Yeah, it is. Folks, again, thank you for tuning in to this week's Beyond the Paranormal podcast. Thank my co-hosts and our guest, Mark Tabata, for being on here. Thank you, Mark, so much. This has been awesome. And then, uh, thank you. We'll get you back on again for sure. Uh, Storytelling. I'm honored. This is awesome. <coughs> You're such an easy person to interview. You've got so much knowledge and so much going on. Oh, thank you. I just know Christ and Him crucified. But I appreciate that so much. I really do. Thank you for having me. So... Can no I problem. tell you guys about what I was going to tell you? Hang uh, on. Let me know when we're off. off. Yeah, let, let me in here. All right, folks. Again, thank you for tuning in for this week's uh, episode or episode uh, podcast of Beyond the Pod Beyond the Paranormal podcast. I'm getting all tongue tied here, but please get out and subscribe to our YouTube page. It'll help us out tremendously. And uh, please, please just do it and, and like our Facebook page too. So uh, thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Next Tuesday's guest is going to be because we are booked up all the way almost. August is booked now, just about. This is insane wow. on how much this has took off. Um, August. That's awesome. We have Martha Decker. She is the historian and caretaker of the Haunted Hill House out of Texas. Oh, cool. And let me tell you something, folks. This place is another paranormal uh, playground, pretty much. And uh, th these are locations that, for the, I mean, honestly, if it ain't for the faint of heart, don't do it. Because you're playing Russian roulette. I get scared every time I do this and I'm trying to get back into this, but people say they got me. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. They're a little timid, but I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to do it. We'll see you next week, folks, and have a good weekend, and uh, stay safe and don't get sick. See y'all. Bye, y'all.